0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Have you ever studied in the Word of God the year of Jubilee? It was the Sabbath of all Sabbaths. The rolling off and then every 49 years for an entire year, your debts were taken away. And if you had been ripped off in the past 49 years, you could actually get your property back and the thing that was sold you that was so bad went back to its original owner. How would you like to live in a perpetual Jubilee? Welcome to the church age, the dispensation of grace. Join me today on the broadcast. You'll be tremendously blessed. For more than 40 years,
1: Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian.
0: Welcome again to Student of the Word. I'm Pastor Bob Yandy, and great to have you here today. We have a lesson today on Jesus as the Lord of the Sabbath and of course this is taken from the Old Testament and the sabbatical days once every 7 days you took off and uh, you didn't work on that particular day then that and then every 7 years the land was to rest. And uh, so God instituted that. Then, of course, every 49 years, the nation of Israel celebrated a complete sabbatical year, of which at that time, everything went back to its original owner. So just, you know, the, the life revolved around the Sabbath in those days. The word Sabbath means to rest. And on the seventh day, God rested. So just like, uh, in, just like God did, then the people were to do. That's the day they went and worshiped the Lord, and they were not to do any work around the house, but they just dedicated a day to the Lord. So we have, again, the Sabbath day and it's interesting because Jesus did a lot of things on the Sabbath day and the scriptures were so quick to point out that he did this on the Sabbath day. And really, to be honest with you, we're going to take a look at today. Jesus started his ministry and his hometown ministry and introduced himself on the Sabbath day. And he quoted a verse of scripture. We're going to take a look at that. Turn to Luke chapter four, verses 16 through 21. And uh, we're going to start with that in just a moment. But I again, want to just talk to my uh, partners that support me. Thank you so much. You've been faithful through the years. And uh, you know, we're slowly, slowly increasing the number of broadcasts we're in. We're not going rapidly. I just don't want to move rapidly on them. I want to think out each one of them. And so we are expanding our television broadcast. Again, thank you for supporting them. And thank you for supporting this ministry because I could not do it without you. So again, I thank you. If you'd like to become a partner with those who partner with me, you can go to my website, bobyandian.com You'll find a place where you can become a partner with me. And believe me, I love every partner that comes along. And not that I don't love you if you're not a partner. I do love you. But boy, those that just, you know, step in and do such wonderful things. There's a special bond, a special relationship with those that are my partners. And I thank you, thank you so much for just being faithful to do that. So go to my website, BobYandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. I'm looking forward to you joining this wonderful group of people that love this broadcast and love the word of God that's being taught and found stability in their own life. Many who have become my partner started out following this ministry even before I was, uh, while I was still a pastor and while years ago, and, and even some from when I taught at Ramah many, many years ago, and just to follow this ministry because they love the word of God and what it does for them. It brings a stability into your life like nothing else can. Luke chapter four, verse 16 through 21, Jesus introduces his ministry to his hometown. And it says in verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Notice he did this every week. This was his custom as he was being raised up, but now that he has stepped away, he's been gone for a while and comes back and picks this up again because through his lifetime, Being here in Nazareth, he came and he would, on the Sabbath, day read a verse of scripture. And so it says, he stood up to read, and there was delivered him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he finished right there. He finished in the middle of a, of a verse in Isaiah, but just simply pointed out, that he came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And that is another term for jubilee. Notice he began preaching on the Sabbath day. He introduced this on the Sabbath day and pointed out, today is this fulfilled in your ears. In verse 20, he says, he closed the book, gave it again to the minister and sat down. The eyes of all those that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Notice this day is a Sabbath day. We never stop to think about it, but Isaiah 61 verses one and two prophesied of a day Jesus would be, begin his ministry, and on that day where he would begin his ministry, Isaiah 61 says he would begin it on the Sabbath day. This is what Isaiah was saying, and Jesus said, this day is this fulfilled in your ear. Isaiah wrote about the Sabbath day. I'm coming in on exactly the interpretation and the application of that verse of Scripture, and of course, the, sin, the people there got upset with him to, because they knew that verse was referring to Messiah, and here this young boy that had grown up with him was indicating, I am Messiah, so you just accept. And man, they got upset with him, even tried to kill him. I mean, this is a kid that probably some of the things they had around the house and their homes probably themselves were built by uh, Jesus. And uh, so all these things, you know, as as he worked with his father, uh, Joseph, and so he and Joseph had built many of the things around there. And yet the people, though they loved him all these years now, because he declared in this verse of scripture, this scripture is about me. And today this verse of scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Today, the Sabbath day, they got very upset with him. He literally introduced his ministry. He had just before this been anointed by the Holy Spirit he then went into the uh, into the uh wilderness to be tempted of the devil, came through that successfully, and then now has come to his hometown to announce his public ministry beginning on the Sabbath day. And here's what he said is going to happen. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This is not just the uh, financially poor. This are the spiritually poor, those that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. He's come to preach the gospel to them. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He starts out with inward healing. He doesn't start out with outward healing. He starts out with inward healing, brokenhearted people. So we've often talked about, you know, does Jesus heal conditions inside of us? The answer is yes. And uh, is there actually such a thing as him coming and healing, uh, you know, the, the hurts we've had? The answer is absolutely yes. He started there. Then it says, preach delivers to the captives. And these are those who are now captive by Satan, whether it's a sinner or whether a believer has, uh, you know, problems with Satan attacking them. He says, I've come to preach delivers to them then he gets into physical healing, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those that are bruised. He goes right back again to those that have been bruised in life, and bruised in life are those that have been abused and hurt by people. Then he says in verse 19 again, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and this is Jubilee. Jesus preached healing on the Sabbath day. The acceptable year of the Lord is the Sabbath of Sabbaths. When he said, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, he was referring to the 49th year, and this was the year of Jubilee. Jubilee was the Sabbaths of all the Sabbaths put together. Every seven days, every seven years, and finally every seven Sabbaths of years, that would be 49 years. And on the seventh year, they're supposed to let the land rest and they would just switch and do something else. And uh, plan on some other piece, but every year, every seventh year, one piece of land had to be uh, allowed to sit and rest. And so, again, this is the year of Jubilee. Jesus announced on that day today is the Jubilee of Jubilees. Today is the a Jubilee of all Sabbaths. I'm sure they probably went, huh, looked at their calendar and said, This isn't the time for Jubilee. We just had one about 12 years ago, and we still have a number of years left to go before the new one comes along. And Jesus was simply saying, Here, you've entered into the church age. It's about to come. And the church age, the dispensation of grace, is going to be a perpetual jubilee. And Jesus said, This day, the Sabbath day, the scripture fulfilled in your ears, the day he announced that the acceptable year of the Lord had arrived was the Sabbath day. Jesus delighted to heal on the Sabbath. Why? Because of the abuse of the Sabbath day that had come about because of the Pharisees. I want you to understand something. Jesus never broke the law, but he did break traditions. And the traditions he broke were not found in the Word of God, because when they begin to announce to him, basically what he would say to them, this isn't found in the Word of God, and would quote the Word of God to them. In Luke chapter 13, take a look with me at verse 10 through 17. Again, I'm going to point out to you just how much Jesus delighted on doing miracles and healings on the Sabbath day, not just to make the uh, rulers of the synagogue upset. He didn't do it for that reason. He did it because that day stood for healing. I mean, if there's any day that stands for deliverance and healing, it should be the Sabbath day because it's a day of rest, a day of grace. He's simply pointing out that every other day you work, today you rest. What better day to heal people than on the day of rest? pointing to the grace of God, not by your works. It says, and in verse 10, Luke 13, 10, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Oh, Luke especially really likes to point out he did this on the Sabbath day because Luke is the only Gentile writer of the New Testament. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, He called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said to the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. There he missed it right there. Healing is not work. Healing is grace. He said, Which men ought to work? So in them come and be healed, but not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his oxen or donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering? And not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. She was a believer, and she was a devout Jew as well as a believer in the Lord. This daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, indeed these 18 years, be loosed from this bondage on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. The Pharisees couldn't heal on any day, much less on the Sabbath day. And here they were griping that Jesus healed on the wrong day when Jesus healed on the correct day, even introduced his ministry on the Sabbath day because he was coming to introduce an eternal jubilee, an eternal time of rest for believers. Jesus never broke laws again. He broke religious traditions. And there's a difference. Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law. And he did fulfill the law. We're told in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse five that when he came into the world, he said, "'I have come in the fullness of the book "'it is written of me. "'I have come to fulfill everything about me. "'Up until this point that was written about me, "'every jot, every tittle, every law, every promise, "'every prophecy I'm going to fulfill.'" Jesus purposely healed on the Sabbath purposely picked it, not to point to people's faults, such as the Pharisees, but to point to the grace of God. This is a day you do nothing, and this is the day I've come to heal. If you'll just submit yourself to my grace, you can be healed. Matthew chapter 12, this is told in three separate times. Matthew 12, one through 13, Mark chapter two, verse 23 through 28, and Luke chapter six, verses one through 10, Jesus picked corn and healed people. And he did this on the Sabbath day. It's not against the law to eat corn or anything from the field on the Sabbath day. It was against the law to harvest on the Sabbath day, to work it. But yet the field, even in the law, was to be stayed open for anyone passing by who was hungry to pick a fruit or a grain or a ear of corn to eat while they're going through. And this was part of it, that when people walked by and they were hungry, your field should have just enough hanging over the fence they can reach up and grab something and eat it. Mark. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. And again, the scripture was so quick to point out that Jesus did it on the Sabbath day. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, Jesus healed a man at the pool of Bethesda, and he was persecuted by the Pharisees for carrying his bed out on the Sabbath. This man was just healed. And they're griping that he carried his bed out, which he couldn't have done for years. And now he picked up his bed and starts to walk away. And they gripe at him for picking up his bed. I mean, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. And probably later on were, because the great rejoicing of what Jesus had done. This man wasn't carrying his bed because it was a burden. He picked it up to show the fact he didn't need it anymore and was about to carry it away. John chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Jesus condemned them on the Sabbath day for keeping the law of circumcision, but not not wanting anybody to be healed on that day. When we come back from the break, we'll continue on. I know you're being blessed by this. I'll see you right after the break.
1: How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Indian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach with practical biblical teaching that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobyandian.com.
0: A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, BobYandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob
1: Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership.
0: When Jesus announced that he'd come to, uh, to complete and to fulfill the year of Jubilee, think about this. The church age is a perpetual Jubilee. What could be better than a Jubilee, a whole year where in that time, if you got ripped off by somebody in the past 49 years, you could go and get, exchange it back and legally get back your possession. They could get this rotten thing they sold you for the good thing you sold them and you were taken by them. And this happened on the year. You could imagine again, you know, uh, if somebody ripped off a piece of land, you can go and get it from them. And the point was, but can you imagine what it was like to be working downtown at perhaps, you know, the the license store and all the stuff where all this stuff took place? you know, and the, uh, and the downtown offices. You go in there and, you, and the people must have been lined up checking on their land from years ago and the sale of a land and, and bringing in maybe a, a piece of paper showing I still kept that bill of sale from that. I mean, it must have been chaos in that time, but understand this, it was a great time. Everything went back to its original owner. Jesus is introducing the church age and that's what happened. Think about this. Everything went back to its original owner. The good thing you lost comes back to you because you were the original owner. You can rejoice in that. But understand on the other side, that piece of junk, that you bought and were tricked into goes back to its original owner too. When Jesus arose from the dead, we entered into a perpetual jubilee. The entire church age, the dispensation of grace is a time period where the rest in God is. Is brought out so strongly it's a great teaching day in fact the grace of god is one of the major things being taught today to understand we don't work for anything that god has given to us that came through the cross anything that came through the cross is presented to us we accept it by faith and we accept it by god's grace and on that day when that was announced think about this i got my salvation back and satan got his eternal death back in other words the death that was in me eternal life was exchanged for the curse of death that was brought on me. Also sickness, I get my healing back and Satan gets the sickness back, prosperity. I get my prosperity and he gets all the poverty back. I mean, think about this. Everything went back to its original owner. And that's why on the cross, what happened? Jesus was there and through his death, we now have his righteousness. We have his healing. We have his blessings of prosperity. But all the things that were stolen from uh, us in Adam, in the garden, is been given back to us. And then next of all comings, other things to come, our perpetual home in heaven. So again, we talked about Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Again, Matthew 12, Mark 2, Luke 6 brings out that Jesus picked corn on the Sabbath day, but he also healed that day. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath day. John chapter 5, 1 through 15, Jesus healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, and was persecuted by the Pharisees because this man carried his bed away on the Sabbath. Instead of rejoicing, he was healed. They griped because he carried his cot, his mat that was rolled up and he carried it out with him because he wasn't gonna need it anymore. He wasn't carrying it because it was a load or trying to work on the Sabbath day. He did it because of what God had done in grace and the Sabbath day represented that. John seven, verse 21 through 23, Jesus condemned them on the Sabbath for keeping the law of circumcision, but not wanting anybody to be healed on. On that day. He said, you do it for good reasons. Circumcision is a good reason. And if the Sabbath happens to be the eighth day when your son's going to be circumcised then go ahead and circumcising, but you don't want anybody to be healed on that day, both are done for the same thing. The purpose of circumcision is not just an observance of a Jewish uh, ritual, but it's also something that helps in the circulation of the blood and can help keep the baby, uh, you know, as it grows up more healthy. So why would you want anybody not to be healed on that day? John chapter nine, 13 through 16, Jesus healed the blind man with spit and clay, and it was emphasized in John, it was on the Sabbath day. Mark chapter two, verse 27, Jesus said, man was made for the Sabbath, not the Sabbath for man. Why are you trying to criticize triple man with a, with a day, and man was made for the Sabbath day, but not the Sabbath day for man. In other words, we don't have to go under the laws and the burdens of that day, no. And see, Jesus was simply saying, there's things that could be and can be done on that day that are not found in the law. Mark chapter two and verse 28, Jesus said, the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath day. In other words, is there anything higher than the Sabbath day, not according to the Pharisees, but Jesus said, I'm greater than the Sabbath day. I didn't come to break the law. I came to enforce the law and to keep the law, but also came to set people free. And the day that the Sabbath day becomes the day people can't be set free is actually a blast against the grace of God. Because again, the word Sabbath means to rest and is used in Hebrews chapter three and Hebrews chapter four, that this rest is a type of what we can walk in perpetually every day, not just once a year, not just once every 49 years, but every day because Jesus came to bring a perpetual Sabbath. Hebrews chapter four and verse nine says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. The word rest is the word Sabbath. It's an Old Testament usage here. And he said, there remains. What's he mean? There's many Christians who are not taking advantage of this day of rest. And actually the whole dispensation of rest that we have right now, there's people that aren't doing it. There's people today that are born again, but still thinking they have to maintain their salvation through their works. Or there's many people seeking salvation through their works. And it just isn't true. True, water baptism will not save you. Although it's important to be water baptized, it's a testimony to people of what God did for you in grace, that I died with him on the cross, I was buried with him, then I was raised with him in resurrection, and now I walk away in newness of life. So the word rest in Hebrews chapter four and verse nine means a Sabbath, means a resting time, but not physically resting, spiritually resting. You might be doing some things on that day, but inside you are filled with rest, and it's not just on Saturday. Saturday, just now on Sunday, we wrestle over the thing today. And it's not a day of the, it's not a day of the week. It's every day. It's every month. It's every year that we walk in God's rest. And that is to be a perpetual rest, healing or the meeting of any need is acceptable on any day because Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath day. So it's all right to get healed on Monday, but as far as you're concerned, Monday is no different than Sunday. And that's no different than Saturday. So we're simply saying it's not a day of the week. It's a condition of the heart that you have every day of the week. When I was growing up, even though I was a member of a a group called Pentecostal Grace and we believed in the grace of God, yet we had some legalistic things and we lived in a legalistic town. I don't know how many of you remember blue laws, but some of you young people have no idea what blue laws were. But in my town where I grew up in and some other towns around that, we had blue laws. And because religion came in and controlled businesses, they told them you either can't be open on Sunday or there's certain things you can't sell on Sunday because those things represent hard work. And so you can't sell them. So certain things had ropes around them. You couldn't get near them on Sunday. Really crazy. And I mean, some stores couldn't be open because they sold things, uh, articles where that you produced a lot of work. So we would close that down. And then on the other hand, Our church used to tell us on Sunday, this is a day of rest, so don't go out and do anything. And I was not allowed to go out and play baseball on Sunday, and people couldn't wash their cars on Sunday or mow their lawn on Sunday. And the point of it was, my whole thing is, if it's a a sin on Monday, it should be a sin on Sunday. There's no particular thing that says this thing is a sin certain days of the week, and it comes back to it. Once you understand the rest of God, the rest of God is internal within me. I walk in peace on the inside of me. And Sabbath here is a reference to the rest of God and also shalom. I can walk in God's peace in my life, no matter if I'm physically working or physically sitting down watching television, I have a rest inside of me. And that rest means my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No matter if it's a spiritual need, a financial need, a physical need, God will supply it according to his riches and glory. It all comes back to the grace of God. And not only will he supply it, he has supplied it. Look at Luke chapter 14, verses one through six. This is a great story of Jesus healing on the Sabbath day. And it says here in verse one through six of of chapter uh, 14 of Luke, it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief uh, Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day. Notice this, they were all sitting around the table eating bread on the Sabbath day and a one of the chief Pharisees invited Jesus to come and notice what it says, to eat bread on the Sabbath day and they watched him. Uh-uh. The Greek word says they scrutinized him. It was more than looking at him. They examined him. They were waiting for him just to do something wrong. And behold, there was a certain man brought before him or in front of him. Right in front of him, they brought a man with dropsy, it says. The Greek word here is hydropikos, Hudro comes from hydro, meaning fluids, and this man had a kidney failure, and this man was literally being filled up with his own waste inside of himself, and he couldn't go to the restroom, and now he's beginning to bloat and everything. This man was dying right in front of Jesus, and they brought him there purposely so he would heal on the Sabbath day. They brought him there to trick Jesus. They didn't care a thing about this man. They didn't care a thing about his healing. They wanted to use him to get to Jesus, so the Pharisees put the man in front of Jesus as as a trap. They knew Jesus would healing so they could discredit him publicly for healing on the Sabbath day. It hasn't worked up until now. He's healed people on the Sabbath day, and yet these men are still going to try it and try to convince the people that Jesus is a false prophet. And Jesus answering the lawyers and the Pharisees. Boy, they had lawyers there too. Don't you know they were out for blood? And Jesus answered the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And he waited and they held their peace. They wouldn't say, they wouldn't go one way or another. They kept waiting for him to do it. And he took, oh, I love this Greek word, epilombano. Doesn't mean that he took him, he seized him. He grabbed him hard. And he took him and seized him and healed him or cured him and then let him go and answered them saying, which of you shall have a donkey? The Greek adds, or a son. I love that. The Greek says, which of you having a donkey or a son, an animal or your own son or an oxen fallen or stumbled into a pit. The Greek word means a well or a cistern, hard to get him out of there and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day. And they could not answer him again in these things. Why? Because if their son fell in, they would pull him out. If an oxen fell in, they would pull him out. Why? Because they needed it, but they would get on to everybody else for doing that. And he said, You do that, and you know it. Religion in this verse of scripture is pointing out something. They love animals more than people. Jesus pointed out in Matthew 12 12, how much is a man better than a sheep? Matthew 6, verse 26, are you not better than they, the birds that were flying through the air? Religion loves her own children more than anybody else's children. And he simply pointed out this man is in a dark pit. He stumbled in, he can't pull himself out, separated from the rest of the world. And God wants to lift him out right now and I'm going to do it. Today and every day is the Sabbath day. Our Jubilee lasts forever. And I'm here to tell you today that if you wanna be set free, first of all, because you're not born again, reach out with your faith and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Next of all, reach out and receive your healing if you are sick and quit thinking, have I worked hard enough for it? Is this the right time period? And you'll think of all the faults that you have. Stop it. Jesus came by grace to heal you. And not only wants to heal you in your rest, he wants to heal you so he can continue to walk in rest every single day. This is the dispensation of grace. Jesus went to the cross. And today I can tell you for by grace are you saved by faith. I can tell you for Today. For by grace are you healed through faith. For by grace are you prospered today through faith. Look to the grace of God and simply reach out in faith, and God will set you free. All I can say is happy Sabbath day.
1: You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit BobYandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.